1: It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Stoth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Ference is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Ference cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ference Stoth.
2: Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. Well, the Biden administration has done it again. They've done something that just gotten under my craw and frustrated the tar out of me, and it should you too. So Biden has now forgiven additional student loans. Biden himself stated the Supreme Court blocked it, but that didn't stop me. We don't have a representative republic anymore. We don't have three branches of government anymore. A year or so ago, the U.S. Supreme Court blocked the student loan forgiveness, told the Biden administration they could not do it, yet he's turned around and done it anyway. So much for our constitutional form of government in three branches. Welcome to a post-constitutional world. What is that going to mean? If this can be broken by one branch, ignoring the other, the checks and balances that are in place are gone. I mean, they've been effectively gone for uh, the most part in many respects, but the last vestiges of that checks and balances that we enjoyed as a country for over 200 years is gone there's only one solution i see to this because the biden administration is not going to stop they're not going to change their direction this is an impeachable offense that's what i want you to understand straight up the oath of office that every president since george washington states that they solemnly swear that they will faithfully execute the office of president and the best of their ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. When you do student loan forgiveness after one of the three branches of the U.S. government, the U.S. Supreme Court states you cannot do so. You turn around and do it anyway. You are not defending or supporting the Constitution in any way. He lied. It's an impeachable offense. There's many things he's done on the border, just leaving an open border, not enforcing rules and laws there. Of course, it could be impeachable, but this is a very direct and clear impeachable offense. Of course, it will not happen because the Democrats will protect him. The Democrats have a, a majority, unfortunately, in the Senate, and he is protected as a result. So he will not be impeached, but he should be, certainly from a constitutional standpoint. And that's why I say the only solution here is these folks have to be removed from office. These folks have to be voted out. Thankfully, we have an election coming up this year that that could indeed happen. And that is what needs to happen if we want to continue to enjoy the society, country that has been here, the freedoms, all those things that we've enjoyed for the last 200-plus years. Those freedoms are truly under attack in a way that, we've never seen certainly not from one branch of government absolutely just trampling and ignoring another branch the executive branch is ignoring two the other two branches of government because so far the biden administration has actually bailed out more than 3.9 million student loan borrowers without an act of congress student loan borrowing or forgiving debt is not the role of the executive branch. The president, even Nancy Pelosi a year or so ago, famously was quoted in stating that the president does not have the power to forgive debt. That's an act of Congress. In fact, it has to come from the House. The House is the purse strings, and that's, again, also in the Constitution. So this forgiving of student loan debt from a financial standpoint, I'll get to that in a minute, but from it is bad enough. But from a constitutional standpoint, we have an administration that is just trampling the Constitution, ignoring the other two branches, not caring, just running rampant, out of control. And this is very, very detrimental to our country and to our form of government. And we, the people, are the ones that are going to have to stop it. If we don't, they're just going to continue. Again, as bad as the student loan debt is, and oh, I haven't finished on that. There's a few more key points about this. In fact, this newest approval announcement of student loan debt is a for about 1.2 billion student loan debt cancellation for about 150,000 borrowers. And this is on top of the nearly 138 billion in student loan debt cancellation for uh, like I said earlier, 3.9 million borrowers through about a uh, two dozen executive actions. Again, It wasn't done by an act of Congress. The U.S. Supreme Court a year or so ago stated that the executive branch did not have the authority to do it, yet they have forgiven $138 billion in student loans for almost 4 million borrowers, and they don't have the legal right to do it. Also, on top of that, apparently another 4 million borrowers have a zero monthly payment under what they call the save plan. This is all directly from the White House website. You can just look it up. It's not that complicated and frustrating, and I know it does. It frustrates anyone who is financially responsible. It should piss off anybody that paid off their student loans. Why in the world should these people get their debts forgiven, forgiving a debt? And you, for example, paid yours off, or as a parent, maybe you did a grandparent for your kids. Why should some people have to pay it off when others get forgiveness? And why should people who never went to college have to pay for people's student loans that did go to college and didn't pay them? In other words, Biden again. Here's a key point I make all the time on this show. Government has no money. Biden didn't forgive this debt. He didn't pay this off. And when a debt is is paid off or forgiven, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not free money. It's somebody paid for the debt. In other words, if I borrow a thousand dollars from you and I pay you back, I pay back the debt. But if I borrow $1,000 from you and I don't pay you back, who paid the debt? You did. You were the lender. In other words, either the lender or the borrower pays the debt, but somebody doesn't pay it. Well, on these student loan cancellation forgiveness things, who pays this debt? Well, it's the U.S. taxpayers. It's people who are more financially responsible. So the financially responsible folks – Are having to pay for those that are not financially responsible, and the the dirty secret, which some people, few people say, but the reality is, most of these student loan debt forgiveness programs are geared towards teachers, public, public employees. You know, people that tend to vote heavily Democrat. So the reality is, it's a political action. It's nothing more than a bribe for votes. Now, bribing for votes is also illegal, and I think a good attorney could make a very good case that this is politically motivated and is nothing more than a bribe for votes. I'd love to see that. That would be incredible. But my point is, that's the reality of what's going on. So they're trampling the Constitution. They're just ignoring the other two branches of government, both the congressional and the court system, they're not allowed to do it it's illegal and it's a political bribe, unfortunately, probably just going to get away with it now the only again the only real solution is educate folks hopefully enough people are frustrated about this and they should be and they vote these people out and anyone that supports student loan forgiveness should be replaced and voted out of Congress. I'm sorry, they're all up for reelection. We need to get rid of these people and get some financial responsibility back in this country it's It's beyond ridiculous I I, are you tired of it yet? I know I am. I'm far beyond sick and tired. I hope you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and are planned to do something about it and do everything you can, whether it's education, getting involved, supporting a candidate. I heard somebody saying this, that this is a great idea. It used to be, you know, we needed poll watchers to make sure the votes were counted correctly. Well, that isn't good enough today because many of the votes are now counted by temps that are hired. Folks need to who are patriots need to get apply for and get those jobs as tents at temps as those vote counters and get paid. I don't know the twelve or fifteen bucks an hour they pay them. Not whether you need the money or not. It's not about that. It's about protecting your country. It's about supporting, making sure that the vote is counted correctly. And you know, be a whistleblower. Video what's going on if you find uh, fraud that's going on. We need people on the inside that are actually doing the vote counting to be involved in this to prevent this kind of stuff from occurring so these people can be actually replaced that are just trampling our country, trampling our Constitution, giving our money away to those that don't deserve it. I'm sorry, they don't. You took on a loan, you need to pay it back. It's that simple. And it shouldn't be taken from people who did pay it back, most certainly, or never took a loan, never went to college or whatever. Or, folks, you know, I'm one of those that paid it back. I served in the military to do so, so I didn't have those loans. I was being responsible. Why should I have to pay for somebody else who's not? And I think that's just inherently wrong on every level possible. Now, I'm going to get on to some other key points here, but I, I want to wait till the next segment because I want to have a little time discussing illegal aliens. There's some key points and some financial stuff that will. Well, <laughs> frustrate the tar out of you, but you need to be aware of what's going on. In the meantime, if you want to learn how to navigate this chaotic year, I believe we're in for politically, economically, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. I wish I could give more positive feedback. I mean, I I, I can't wait to the days when I say, hey, things are looking great, because I'm a naturally positive person, but I can't in good conscience say state that type of thing. Markets are at all-time highs or near all-time highs, interest rates are still probably going to stay higher for longer. That's what the Federal Reserve keeps saying, regardless of what Wall Street is telling us. A lot of people are asking that, what do you think about interest rates? Just listen to the Federal Reserve. They themselves are stating they're going to stay higher for longer, which is going to mean that's going to be tough for real estate markets and the stock market in general. Commercial real estate is in for a big whammy. We're going to talk about that in in a little bit here, looking at some of the greatest levels of defaults ever seen there's some uh, heavy a lot of uncertainty out there having some guaranteed money insured guaranteed and tax-free because there's a lot of excess government spending going on the pressure is going to be higher and stronger for the government to raise revenues and one way to do that is to raise taxes i'm not saying it's the right way but that is one way to do it having diversifying your money putting in a bucket of money it's again insured safe guaranteed tax-free highly liquid and gives you the ability to earn interest, positive cash flow on it when you use it, those are powerful tools that are going to help you make sure you have more money going forward and not only survive this economic uncertainty, but thrive through it. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com for more information. Your personal bank can do all those things. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to discuss some things, some financial issues in particular about illegal, illegal aliens that if you're not aware of, you need to be. So stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferentz. For more information, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866 866- 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866 268 Now back to the show with Ference Toast.
2: Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank show. This is Ference. Well, I've discussed some situations about the student loan forgiveness and the frustration that I have on that and any fiscally responsible person should have. If you missed it, go to my website, yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, anytime you want. The next topic I really want to discuss is illegal aliens. And I want to touch on some things that you may not have heard, more of the financial aspects of this. You see, since the Biden administration took over, the estimates, really no one knows, they're estimating that over 7 million illegal aliens have entered the U.S. during the Biden administration. Now, this is the official numbers. I've seen and discussed before, where we've seen some of the border patrol agents, these are the people on the ground, and seeing those numbers are way low, they believe them to be twice as high, and that could be the case. But the reality is, if the number is 7 million plus, that's greater than the population of 36 states, 36 of our states. That is more than almost every major American city in the United States. This is a huge number that's hard to even fathom. Now, I want to give you a couple of things, something to think about, and then I'm going to get into some, some financial stuff. But do you realize that you can get arrested for hunting and fishing without a license, but you not will not get arrested for entering our country illegally? Think about that a minute. What kind of crazy nutcase situation are we in that our current leadership thinks it's okay? And they, obviously they think it's okay because they haven't done anything to stop it, have they? And I'm not talking about just one political party. I'm talking about both parties, for the most part. Well, the Democrats and the Rhinos certainly are have been consistently for open borders, illegal immigration. And there's a number of reasons behind it, which I'll touch on here shortly. But I'll give you some other things, issues that are occurring that you should be aware of and concerned about. New York plans to give illegals ten thousand dollar debit cards. Now, this is a fifty three million dollar contract. It gives it to mobility, capital, finance. There's lots of fees for service, including a $125,000 one-time setup fee, $250,000 in annual management fees, and $1.5 million for the first $50 million handed out, and then $2.5 million for the next $100 million. There's no ID check required, no fraud control, and no restrictions. The, according to the contract, the most the card can have on it is $10,000, but apparently the cards are going to get refilled every four weeks. And that's why many experts are now saying the cost of this program could run to over $2.5 billion, not $53 million. Now, the positive news of this, possibly, is the New York City Council wants to investigate Mayor Adams on the connection to the firm and why the city issued a $53 million no-bid contract without seeing if they could get a better deal. There may be some fraudulent activity going on here. Who knows? Wouldn't be surprised. But the fact that New York City can come up with $53 million money on debit cards for illegal aliens, for people that should not be here, that should just torch any citizen, any taxpayer. That should aggravate the absolute tar out of them, especially when there's not enough money, they say, New York says, to take care of veterans or homeless or people like that. Yet they could come up with $53 million to take care of illegal aliens that have no business being here. But it gets worse than that. It goes on. Vendors in Massachusetts are now charging $64 a day to feed each illegal immigrant. It's $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner per day per illegal alien. Now, I don't know about you, but 16 bucks, you can have a pretty nice breakfast. $31 will buy a pretty decent dinner in most places. What are they feeding these people? Organics? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would hope they're feeding something uh, healthy. But again, it goes back to why are they doing it in, in the first place? These people don't belong here. They have no business being here. They said the to- the experts are now saying the total cost is expected to cost Massachusetts over a billion dollars. Again, this is money not going to Americans, not going to citizens, not helping veterans, homeless, or anybody else for that matter. This is money going to illegal aliens that have broken the law. They're criminals, and they're getting rewarded by getting fed three meals a day. You don't get three meals a day from our government. I don't either. Why should they? This is ridiculous. It goes on. Illinois is pumping $250 million more in taxpayer funds to help illegal immigrants in Chicago. And that's the commitment is in addition to the 478 million they've already spent. So Chicago is spending millions and millions of dollars on illegal immigrants. The California budget, that's they've been famously doing that also, turns out the California's budget crisis is likely going to be worse than expected. They're stating their deficit could reach $73 billion, which is a record. They have a record deficit because they're spending too much money, and they're spending a lot of this on illegal immigrants. Again, people who are criminals, who broke the law, have no business being here, should be deported. And California and New York, of course, is offering free health care for illegals. So they already have record deficit, and they're adding on free health care on top of that. If you're a citizen of this country, you don't get free health care in most cases. You, If you're listening to the show, you, I would guess very much so. It's very unlikely that the government's giving you free health care. I know it's not giving it to me, and I served in the military even. I don't get free health care from our government. Why should they? Why should illegal aliens who are criminals, again, they broke the law by crossing the border illegally. That's the definition of a criminal, breaking the law. Why should they get free health care or free food or free housing or free anything for that matter? And by the way, none of it's free. Remember, the government has no money. Where's the money coming from? You and I. If we're, if we're a taxpayer, guess what? We're getting to pay for all these criminals, these illegal aliens. We're paying for their food, their housing, their health care, and all that stuff. And some people say, well, It's happening in the blue cities, the blue states. It doesn't affect us. No, that's not true at all. In fact, it turns out, where are these blue cities and states, these sanctuary cities and such, getting a lot of this money? It turns out most of it, much of it, is being funneled from millions of dollars in federal COVID aid to support the illegals. In other words, the COVID monies that haven't been spent yet That's federal dollars. That's federal money. Anyone who pays federal income tax in any way, shape, or form is supporting this, where our money is going to illegal aliens, criminals in these sanctuary cities. So you are, it doesn't matter, you are being affected, and I can take it one step beyond there. What if you don't pay taxes at all for whatever reason? Maybe you don't make enough to qualify, whatever. Well, guess what? You're paying for this also because all of these costs, all of these paying for food, housing, health care, paying $31 per person for dinner, what does that do when the government does that? That excess spending contributes to inflation. It keeps the costs of food higher, housing higher, health care higher, supply and demand. It's simple as that. So you are paying more for your food because our government has decided to feed illegal aliens that are criminals that broke the law to get here and don't belong here, should be deported. Now, why are these cities, why is the Democrats in particular, are so adamant on supporting, encouraging, and paying for feeding these illegal aliens, housing them, and all that kind of stuff? Well, here's the reason. It's really quite simple. Illegal immigration has a major impact on House seats and the Electoral College. If the Constitution was held in effect, and by the way, it's Section 2 of the 14th Amendment, you can read it. It says representatives shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers, and they count the whole of each state, etc. And it says this is to be made by persons who are born or naturalized in the United States, in other words, citizens. Illegal aliens do not count, according to the Constitution. Now, are they following that? No, of course not. They are counting, the census are counting everyone, whether they're legal or not. And the total number of illegal immigrants account for, currently, roughly 22 seats in the House. In fact, it's estimated that if they counted only citizens, California alone would lose six seats in the House of Representatives. This is why the Democrats are so adamant about illegal immigration. They're mad and frustrated because the average American hasn't bought in to their vision of America to rebuild, build back better, as they call it. I haven't seen them build back better anything. I haven't seen them build anything, frankly. They tear down, or they're fundamental, as they state often like to state, we're fundamentally changing the country. Most Americans, I'm talking the vast majority, we're I'm seventy, eighty percent easy, do not want to fundamentally change this country. It's been a great country for most people, land of opportunity, all those kinds of things. The rule of law used to apply, great place to live, great society. They don't want to. We don't want to change it to something else. It's been the most. It's done more positive for more people. In human history, that's a fact. You can't argue with that. Statistical fact. So why are they so for these uh, illegal immigrants? Well, they want them to vote, folks. They want to count them. Well, for nothing else. Even if they don't vote, they count for the census, which counts on House seats and the Electoral College. Again, think about that a minute. Twenty-two House seats are being represented right now because just because they count illegal aliens. As they continue to increase the number of illegal aliens into the country, that number will increase significantly. And if they pour into places like California and New York and Chicago, which are predominantly heavily Democrat locations, they can increase the number of electoral college votes and House seats. That's the game plan, folks. That's the reason why? So they don't even have to vote. That That's going to go on to the next topic I'm going to discuss. But even if they don't vote, they just count them in the census. It has an impact for them. Again, California gets six more seats than it deserves right now. That will increase because c- California has had a massive influx of illegal immigrants. I'm going to discuss some other key points on illegal immigration and why this is so important for it in the next segment. Again, if you want to learn how to thrive through this economic uncertainty rather than just survive or you're concerned about interest rates or the markets or or whatever's going on, creating a tax-free guaranteed bucket of money makes a lot of sense. With highly li- highly liquid, you can access the funds when you see opportunity. Your personal bank can do all that. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com for more information. Stay tuned in the next segment. I got a few other things you're going to want to hear about here and effects, particularly property taxes. So don't miss it.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferris. For more information, contact Ferris at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Want more information? Contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth.
2: Welcome back to Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. So in the last segment, I was discussing the impact that illegal immigration is having on house seats in the electoral college. Based on the most recent numbers, as I stated in the last segment, Roughly 22 seats in the House of Representatives are being represented by illegal immigrants because the census counts them, whether they're legal or not, and then they get their they get their seats, House seats, by the total population number. What do you think is going to happen when these numbers greatly increase due to all this illegal immigration, all these illegal immigrants flooding in? They're going to count them all. California, best estimates right now, already has six seats more than it should have if you did not count the illegal immigrants. And by the way, it's Section 2 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution that states that they're supposed to only count persons who are born or naturalized in the U.S., in other words, citizens only. They're breaking the constitutional law. Somebody, somehow, somewhere, this needs to be stopped. I mean, those, these illegal immigrants need to be deported, but also counting these people for representatives It's ridiculous. And it's only going to get worse, folks. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse because they're flooding these places with more people that vote heavily Democrat. But they'll get more seats as a result, whether they vote or not. But it gets worse than that. And here's where it gets worse. This is where you start seeing where the Marxist leftists are tipping their hand of where they're headed, where they want to go. Well, San Francisco often leads the way in these kind of things. Well, they just appointed, you'll love this, you've heard this one, a non-citizen to serve on the Elections commin- Commission. This Kelly Wong, she's come, from the, come to the U.S. from China, is not legally allowed to vote, yet she'll be overseeing and creating policy for the San Francisco Department of Elections. Now, you want to talk about ludicrous and ridiculous, something I've never, this is ridiculous. Wong, she's an immigration rights advocate, and she a- educates other immigrants who don't speak English about voting process. Imagine, if you will, for a minute, somebody who doesn't want to integrate into our country. But She's been here since 2019, apparently. She's done nothing to integrate into our country, into our system. Some think she's a Chinese plant. I wouldn't be surprised. But she's not doing anything to integrate into this country, learn the language, become a citizen, none of it. And she's going to be helping decide the future of an American city in terms of their election, overseeing their elections. Gee, I don't see anything that could go wrong with that. Do you? I mean, beyond ridiculous. Just beyond. But it gives you an idea of what they intend, what they want to have happen. All this illegal immigration flooding in, in the short term will affect because the census counting and stuff, house seats, the electoral college, it gives them more house seats. But in the longer run, if they can get some of these people to vote, and so many of these states are required, no ID or anything, how are they going to know they're not an illegal immigrant when they vote? So that's going to impact the vote too, because they're here. These people are here. This is going to be a very impactful financial thing, I believe, for many people across this country, and that has to do with property taxes. In fact, I've got some clients who have shared some of this with me already, and I saw this article, too, about New York tax assessments. And one of these gentlemen, for example, he was, I was looking at some of his stuff. He owns a number of properties in New York, uh, some commercial, some residential, and every single one of them, his tax assessment went up from at least 10% and some as much as 75%. Think about that a minute. Think about if your property tax, because one of these people always tell, say to me is uh, you know, when they buy, you own a home or whatever, this is something I find very interesting. This is a basic financial literacy point that I think I need to share right now because it's so important. So many people say, well, if you buy in a place and the property values go up, that's great. You feel more wealthy and all that. If it's an investment property, something you're going to sell, fine. That's I agree. That's great, but if it's at your home that you live in, and the property values go up, you should. That's a negative from a financial standpoint. Why would you want your property values to go up if you're not planning to sell? Why do I say that? If property values go up, so do your property taxes. Now, your cost of living there, living there, increases. In fact, that's the worst thing to have happen to you. And I know of many people where they're on more of a limited income, for example, we see this all the time, where they get priced out of an area because, one, they may may, may not be able to afford it, or if they are there, live there a long time, the prices go up so much, their property taxes increase so much, they can't afford to stay. How is that a good thing? Why would you want to pay more in property taxes because you live in an area where the prices went up? Unless you're going to sell, you should be against that. Think about that a minute. It's, and it's almost universal. I hear this from people all the time. Oh, my property values went up. I'm, I'm wealthy. I'm worth more. No, you're not. Not unless you plan to sell it, you're not. You see my point. Your house is not an investment. It's not an asset you should count on. Well, no, most people, this goes against the grain of how most financial advisors, CPAs, or anybody else will share with you. But this comes directly from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. You can look there and other places. Your house, your personal residence is not an investment. It's not an asset. It's a liability. I know most CPAs will put it on the asset column. It's, they're wrong. It's a liability. An asset is something that feeds you. That's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, directly, is, he's, he's right. An asset is something that feeds you, generates an income, increases in value that you plan to sell at some point, so you can take advantage of that increase in value or that cash flow. A liability is something that eats you. In other words, something that costs you. A personal residence is that is exactly that. It, there's a cost to having a house. You may have a mortgage or not. Whether you do or not, there's maintenance costs, there's taxes, there's uh, insurance, whatever. Those are fees. Those are costs. Those are liabilities. Your personal residence is a liability. Now, it's hard to get away from, totally get away from a liability because there is a cost for housing, no matter what it is, rent, own, whatever it is, there is a cost associated with housing. Yet that's a basic need that human beings have. You under, have to understand that. As long you, The better you understand that, more you come to realize that, the better you can really think going forward how to better make financial decisions for yourself. I always say this. I say this all the time. What's the? I've never been an alcoholic, thankfully, but the first step in Alcoholics Anonymous, the first step to getting better is recognizing that you are one. If you've got a debt or a financial issue, trying to put your house in the asset column is not going to help you get out of your financial position unless you're going to sell it. If it goes up in value and you sell it, great. The problem for most people have is then they're going to buy another house, right? And oftentimes, most people buy a more expensive house, upgrade, right? Unless you're downsizing, downgrading, or buying a cheaper house or going to a cheaper location, it's a negative. Again, it's a positive when you sell it if you're going to go to something else that are gonna, that's going to cost you less. So don't look at it as an asset unless that's your plan. We're talking about all this before I get away from this illegal immigration and all the money that's being spent by these different cities and states to pay for food and housing and all that stuff, which, of course, that money doesn't come from the city or the state or the feds, it comes from the taxpayers, from the people, from you and I, or they print more and cause more inflation, of course. We're paying for this. And the statement I saw this, and I, I, I just want to share this because I think it's thought-provoking. Paying taxes to a government where elected officials are representing foreigners instead of Americans is taxation without representation. Think about that a minute. We had a revolution And it was based on taxation without representation. How similar times we're in now today. What are we going to do about it? Again, we have the right to alter or abolish our government. It states that in the Declaration of Independence, second paragraph. We've shared that on the show many times before. One way to alter it is to vote different people in. We need to vote people who will represent us and the people and the interest of the people, not the their own interests. Now, one other thought here before I run out of time, this commercial real estate thing, something that's really hanging over our heads in terms of a real problem financially. It turns out, you know, commercial real estate loans don't work typically like, say, uh, real estate. Real estate loans, you know, if you buy a home, 30-year fixed mortgage, once you lock in, you know, that's your rate for 30 years if you never refinance it. Commercial real estate loans don't work like that. They usually... Uh, They're more variable than others. The rates change, and they're much shorter terms. Well, it turns out that almost a trillion dollars worth of commercial real estate loans are set to mature this year in 2024. This is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. And the problem is the borrowers are going to have no choice but to refinance with a significantly higher interest rate, because, again, they're variable mortgages, or sell their properties at a steep loss because most properties in most parts of the country are at record vacancy rates. People aren't going to work anymore like they used to. Many major companies, much of their workforce is now working from home permanently. I know one one company, for example, I work with a lot, one major financial institution has over 15,000 had, I should say, they still do, over 15,000 employees. And before COVID, all of them, virtually all of them, worked from the office. They changed their home office and moved and all that. Today they have about 500 employees working from the office. The rest work from home. And that's just one company. Multiply that times thousands of companies across the country, and that's why commercial real estate it is in real trouble, challenge that we have probably never seen. Vacancy rates that we've never seen. And again their mortgage rates were low a couple of years ago and now they've got to refinance at newer rates and if they can't afford it with record vacancies these owners of these buildings are going to be they're they're going to be in trouble bottom line they're going to refinance much higher interest rates or like I said sell their properties at a loss we, and this could cause a real credit crunch is what many of the bankers are saying This could be the shoe that causes, I don't know what's going to cause the next downturn. There will be one. There always is. The markets are at a near all-time highs. They're going to correct what's going to be the trigger. I don't know. But commercial real estate is certainly, certainly a candidate that could cause that, and it could happen very likely this year. Again, if you want to navigate this, protect yourself from the downside, protect your portfolio, create a Tax-free, insured, guaranteed bucket of money. Shield yourself from some of the risk. Your personal bank can do that. Also, it's highly liquid and can create positive cash flow when you react access the funds and maybe reinvest at a better opportunity in the future. Contact me, yourpersonalbank.com, for more information. Stay tuned in the next segment. I've got some thoughts I want to share with you you're not going to want to miss.
1: Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Want more information? Contact Ference at 866 268 4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866 268 4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth. Welcome
2: back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. been sharing a number of thoughts. Many, maybe you haven't heard from other places. But again, I think this is really important to understand what's really going on out there and understand. So you can make better decisions for your life, for your future, for your finances, all those things. That's why I think it's so important to share some of these big picture items, macroeconomics, all these kinds of things that are going on, again, to help you make better decisions for you and your loved ones. Now, i got to mention this situation with uh, New, York, New York City, this judgment on Trump, $364 million verdict against him, a judgment against him, yet there's no victim. It's never been seen in the history of our country. Understand, Trump took out loans from banks and paid them back. The banks even testified in his favor, said they were they, they got paid back and they'd be happy to do business with him again. The argument was the valuation of the properties. That's ridiculous. You can say a property is worth whatever. A, a property value is really only what somebody's willing to pay for it. That's the reality of it, and it's a constantly moving thing a seller or you're going to borrow money we all know this you're going to go for a higher number the lender is probably going to do some underwriting they're going to determine they're going to do some appraisals and they're going to determine a number they're willing to loan a percentage or whatever and that's how real estate works investment works it has forever well because of this judgment that we've never seen that is really spooking a lot of investors particularly real estate investors, and rightly so. Here's an example. Cardone Capital has stated their teams to pack up their bags and leave New York. As he stated, the the risks are too high. We could do business, do nothing wrong, and get sued. And they're right. That's what's happened. And this is going to cause a domino effect that I believe is going to be significant. We're going to see this going to affect New York in some very negative ways. There's also, you know, the trucker convoy or truckers talking about boycotting New York. We'll see what how effective that's going to be. But but if that does become effective, there could be some real economic damage to New York City and New York State in particular. Now, I think Elon Musk probably said it the best when he asked a simple question. He said, given that there were no victims with losses, who's supposed to receive the money? He's got a great point there. Who's going to get the money? If the government gets the money, that's a straight up communism dictatorship. We've moved so far beyond um, democracy. That's Nazi show trial stuff. Um, Stalin sh- show trials. This is that. It's it. It's on that level. It's that crazy. And I don't care what you like Trump or hate him or whatever. This has nothing to do with Trump. I know some people think it does because they've take got a personal vendetta. They don't like him personally. Whatever. This is about the rule of law. If a court can sue somebody, get a judgment, and there's no victims, nobody had a loss, that is scary beyond scary for any kind of business transactions to occur. I agree with them. Staying out of New York is probably a really good idea. I've already decided that myself. My show airs nationally across the country and stations all over, and I've decided to pull out of New York because – I don't want to get involved with dealing with any of that myself. I know many of the things that I say are somewhat controversial. Some people don't agree with it. I have some pretty strong views about what I think is right and wrong and constitutional. And, of course, there's people that disagree with that. I'm not in New York anymore either now. This is sort of the—I was already thinking about leaving anyway. I think a lot of business people and investors have already come to that conclusion— this is the nail in the coffin, if you will, the straw that brought the camel's back. I see no reason to do business in New York anymore. It's not worth it. There's 49 other states, so why bother, right? I think what it comes down to is the elites, and I say that quote-unquote. They think they're powerful when they weaponize big tech or Department of Justice, the courts, or the IRS. And Here's what I think they need to come to realize they better hope farmers and truckers don't take their playbook and use it against them. Because if you can't eat, you lose. And if they decide to, the flyover states could absolutely crush them. So this is something to really think about. This is going to be interesting to see how things play out. You know, the nation's oldest gun manufacturer, for example, Remington, uh, the gun factory, it's located in upstate New York. It's closing its doors and moving to Georgia after more than 200 years in new york state because of some unfavorable rulings against them fines they've received and all kinds of things it's just another case another domino another business leaving that state we're seeing that in california and other blue states and they're going to be hurting more and more as this exodus continues now here's another one i got to share with you It's just i think it's funny i just this is a it's important aside but apparently panasonic has is building a new ev factory electric vehicle factory in kansas here's the funny part it requires so much power it needs its own coal plant to run it so yeah these evs are supposed to be environmentally friendly and they're going to reduce uh emissions and all that but they got to build an entire coal plant just to fire to power this ev factory because they can't do it any other way that's just funny uh, you can think about that a minute. But here's another one I'm a little concerned about. This one kind of hits a cl- little closer to home. Apparently, George Soros has now bought over 220 U.S. radio stations recently, of course, ahead of the 2024 elections. I'm not certain about which stations are, they are. I hope some of them are not some of the stations that I'm broadcasting on. If I If they are, I'm probably going to be off of those stations. That happened to me, as I stated already, a few months ago. In Seattle, the funny part was I got a better station within a week. This could happen again. I understand that. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to change my tune as a result. I can share what I know to be common sense. It is, this isn't about right or left or anymore. It's not about Democrat or Republican anymore. It's about common sense and wanting our country to continue or not or be something totally different. And I'm fortunate and blessed, and nobody is telling me what to say or what not to say. And I've been blessed that way, and and I plan to continue on that. I'm not going to back down from that type of thing. I love this one, and this has to do with uh, with crime. Apparently, Ben Crump, who's a big uh, civil rights attorney, and Al Sharpton have come out recently with with a statement stating that if you want to get rid of crime change overnight, change the definition of crime. And they're trying to say, well, they profile blacks and they make laws to criminalize black culture. Well, you know, here's the thing. The FBI states that 46% of violent crime is committed by blacks, and they are 14% of the population. I love this statement where it says, instead of running their mouths, that's Al Sharpton and Ben Crump, maybe they should do something positive You know, black culture deserves better leaders, and that's the truth. That's the reality. Instead of changing the definition, how about changing the direction of more positive where things should be? You know, having a mom and dad in the home and different things like that, that's what reduces crime. Here's another one that you'll find interesting. There's been a bill that's been filed in California, of all places, of course, that would require homeowners and renters insurance companies to ask how many guns people own, and then report that information to the state. Now, I don't know if that's going to pass. It may It may pass in California. They're that crazy. But that you want to talk about infringing on your Second Amendment rights and privacy and freedom and everything else? See, they can't do it constitutionally, although they're not caring about that anymore. The Constitution, frankly, doesn't matter. The Biden administration doesn't care. They forgive student loan debt, even if the— f- U.S. government, U.S. Supreme Court tells them they can't. They don't care, but the reality is, constitutionally, the government can't infringe on Second Amendment rights. But they can get a list from insurance companies. It's just crazy how these kind of things work on the on the Second Amendment. Because nothing's, if you haven't noticed with the show, nothing's off limits. I'll discuss anything if I think it's appropriate. I love this one. Murder is illegal. Attempting a murder is also illegal. A felon owning a gun is illegal shooting people without cause is illegal, using firearms in a criminal manner is illegal. Criminals don't go through background checks to purchase illegal guns and criminals don't follow laws. So why would they follow any new laws? And I think that's important to understand and think about. You know, I'm, my hometown is Kansas City and I feel terrible for what happened to those people there, but then immediately you hear these calls for gun gun control. And you got to understand it's not the gun control, it's the it's the Criminals getting access to these guns, doing criminal acts. That's the problem. We need to reduce that. And the last couple of key thoughts here. There was a survey recently that came out. Seven in ten Americans lack basic knowledge of how the government works. They don't even understand the three branches of government. That's how sad. It's sorely lacking. That's what I discuss this all the time on the show. Education is the key. Education is a solution. Jefferson stated it so well when he said an educated electorate is a prerequisite for democracy. And it's so true. Educate people, anyone you're around, anything you can do. That's what I try to do when I educate about what's going on in this country economically with people's money. I just don't talk about products, although we do discuss that when I meet with people. We also educate them, help them understand how to be more efficient I was just discussing that with a potential client today, how to be more efficient. He has a tax bill coming up, but how he can learn how to earn interest on the money he has to pay to the IRS in future years, not just give up control of that money. Those kinds of things are so important. That's how the wealthy operate. That's how people you got to be wise about your money, especially in times like this where we're dealing with higher inflation, everything's costing more, all those kind of things. Your money has to go farther. You have to eliminate waste, and there's so many places where people are wasting and don't even realize it, not even aware of it. Or better, more efficient ways of having their money grow, also reducing risk, having it guaranteed and insured, and reducing taxes. That can be a great area of reducing waste. There's You don't necessarily have to pay much in much in taxes as you are if you're just more efficient, smarter about where you're allocating those dollars your personal bank can help you do those kinds of things that's just one of the tools i use there's other financial tools i use there's other financial ideas and concepts that i recommend to people and often it's just about helping them budget better understand better get to their goals better more efficiently hey let's face it when you get when you accomplish your goals you get where you want to go you're just happier it's the bottom line So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned to next week's show. As always, we'll share some more great information. You want to learn how to thrive in this economic uncertainty we're dealing with right now, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. And as long as it's on our money, in God we trust.
1: Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact parents at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferris at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com.